This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another amazing guest. Uh, we have the amazing Chris Williams here. Now, Chris was actually recommended through my good friend, Beata. Uh, Beata might be listening to our episode today. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to be and you'll be able to hear her episode, uh, which is and she was the growth architect. But Chris, who is Chris? So Chris it works with a lot of thought leaders and experts. And what he does is he helps and he helps working with those people in building high ticketed masterminds, right? Builds, scales, and build and and uh, and grows masterminds, which is a, a real there's a real skill to that, you know, uh, based around that. And he's a best selling author. He's got a top telling. Uh, he's got a top top podcast, right? Which is in the zero point zero one percent, which is absolutely amazing. And um, he's a great, he's, he's, I've been told he's a great guest, by the way, and we'll soon find out from today's conversations, right? Anyway, the, you know what's really interesting about Chris as well is that he loves living on the wild side, right? So, you know, his type of thing of having fun is like jumping into a cage with great white sharks, mountain biking, mountain climbing, you name it, anything which is kind of adrenaline driven, you know, that's Chris, right? But anyway, that's kind of where we we are very similar in that in in, the, in that kind of mindset. Anyway, what are we going to be talking about today, ladies and gentlemen? So, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about the intricacies around masterminds. What does that really mean in, in a nutshell? So, number one, we're going to be talking about frameworks. We're going to be talking about how you can transition from a traditional business to you know really making some good you know some good like cash flow from masterminds. We're going to be talking about you know, uh, some of the most effective ways to sell, get to people to sell into a mastermind. We could be talking about marketing. We're going to be talking about pretty much anything, right, that is driven towards building and scaling a mastermind. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Well, without further ado, Chris, welcome to the show. What's up, all you fans of Adam Strong? Like, I am so thrilled to be here. Like, this guy brings us solid content over and over and over. Adam, Thank you for your work here in this whole cool podcasting space. Like, thanks for being legit. This is super cool. You're welcome, man. Uh, listen, this, this is what podcasting is all around, right? Two guys having a great conversation, you know, just jamming, having fun and, you know, doing our thing, right? Let's rock and roll, man. Let's rock and roll. So listen, I know that, you know, so you're a mastermind thought leader. So, okay, now this is like kind of got into my head. Okay. What makes, what makes anyone a thought leader, a mastermind thought leader? Cause it's kind of a niche thing, right? And masterminds, when I, when I think about mastermind, we've been running a mastermind for like the last couple of years, but in a nutshell, masterminds have really only started to create a lot of traction over maybe the last 12 months, but that's just generally an observation and opinion from my perspective. Um, you know, depending on where you are in terms of the world, whether it be in the you know, you know whether you're in North America or in Europe or Australasia or whatever it might be. But let's talk a little bit about masterminds and what is a mastermind to you? Let's talk about that first of all. Let's get some clarity around masterminding 
uh, from your perspective? So a mastermind, and I'm going to be a purist on this for a second, because I think it's important to kind of define what the real thing is, and then we can kind of break it down into all these little derivatives of a mastermind. A mastermind is a small, intimate group of people who are all committed to going the same direction, and they're going to do it together. They're going to share knowledge and information and make decisions together. That's a mastermind. Now, Right now, in today's modern expression of that, we find ourselves paying mastermind leaders that are already experts in a field to take us through with a group of people the process of learning something new. It could be health and wellness, relationships, business, whatever, right? Tons of masterminds out there. Here's what it's not. It's not an e-course with a free Facebook group. That's actually an e-course with a free Facebook group. Now, if you're joining someone's mastermind, it's labeled a mastermind. And it's like, and we have like over 2000 members and they're like, okay, stop back up. That's not a mastermind. That's a <laughs> And it could be the coolest thing ever, but a mastermind is truly going to be, it's going to be like five to 20 people. They're like well curated group of people who are like committed. We're all in this thing together and we're going to accomplish X, Y, Z goals. That's a mastermind. Nice. Like it. Very cool. Straight to the point. Love that kind of stuff. So, all right, that brings me on to a really interesting question because I know that we have a lot of listeners from all over the world, in fact, over 50 countries, but most of the listeners that we have are in the professional services industry. Can a mastermind be applied to any industry, any you know niche, if you like, or, or specifics? What's your thoughts about that? Can it actually be applied? Yeah, I've not found an industry or a space that it doesn't apply. You know, the first time I can find in history where masterminds are documented it is not in the Industrial Revolution, a really popular book, um, Thinking Grow Rich talked about that. It's actually back in, I'd say it's like 3500 BCE, like in China, there were leaders doing masterminds. So it's a really freaking old concept. I mean, it's extremely old. Back when wow. the written languages were just starting to show up on the planet, people were talking about this. They're starting to share knowledge and put things together collectively, intentionally as a group. Now, the the way you go with that, like what can it cover? Politics, business, health and wellness, religion, um, relationships, whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters, again, is that there's a highly selected group of individuals who are committed to going the same direction and getting work done. The reason, Adam, that it works so well in our modern expression of paying someone typically a lot of money to join their mastermind is because there's a lot of curation, I guess, and self-selection that goes into, I'm going to join a group and gulp. It costs how much? And there's only 10 people in here. Like all of that kind of creates a really unique group of people if the host is doing it right. And that's really powerful for all of you out there listening in. You're like, you're selling and trying to figure out how do I sell my information? Like get your brain around this because it's a really high profit margin way to make you sustainable and to actually change the lives of the people you're working with. I love that. Some good stuff. Uh, in terms of, it, so, okay, that's interesting because, I mean, I suppose each mastermind will have, you know, there'll be some differentiation between the way it's set up, the execution, et cetera. But is there, is there a particular framework that, you know, when you're working with clients and they know that you can help them, you can help anyone build and grow and scale a mastermind. In terms of like a framework, do you give people like a four-step or a five-step framework and say, this is what you really need to follow in order to really make it successful? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there are really four pieces to this mastermind thing. In fact, we can break it down to three, but the truth of it is there's four. Cool. Here's the three. And then I'll, I'll fan one of those out a little bit. You have to have a scalable way to prospect. All right. You can run ads, you can do organic, you can do all kinds of things. You got to have ultimately, if you're going to run a business, if you're in entrepreneurship, you have to have a scalable way to market. No way around it. That's one. There are unique nuances to high ticket mastermind marketing. And that's important to understand in this space, but you have to have that. Number two, you have to have a scalable sales mechanism. And I'm not talking a funnel that goes to some kind of application that drops them into your calendar. I mean, like, you don't want to be on 20 sales calls a week. I promise. It's easy for us to make that a reality in your life because we know how to market, but that's going to end up crashing and burning you. 20 sales calls a week sounds cool, like a lot of money, but it will wear you out. So you have to have a scalable way to introduce people into, oh, here's the opportunity, my mastermind. And that means you have to have a scalable way to deliver the goods. And masterminds do that very well. You can teach 10, 20 people at once, right? Scalable. Right. So scalable prospecting, scalable sales, scalable delivery. Now, the one thing to split out here is people think through, okay, I get it. So marketing, sales, delivery, but what about my offer? What am I actually going to be offering? Like how much money, how many weeks, what are we going to cover? That's the fourth thing that if you want to pull that out a little bit, that's kind of a sales thing, but that offer is really important. And unfortunately, Adam, I, this makes me like sad. There's two sides of a sad coin when it comes to like you and I being people who see a lot of people who have amazing information. They know what they're doing and they can help people, but they don't get to because number one, they can't figure out how to take the information and, and actually offer it to people in a scalable way. They're stuck and done for your one-on-one. -on -one. The other thing that makes me sad is they don't know actually how to build an offer that resonates with the buyer. It might resonate with them as the person who's had this information for a dozen years, but it doesn't resonate with the buyer, which means nobody's ever going to buy from them and they'll never get to hand that information on. Mm -hmm. We got to get people past that point because that's where people get stuck. I, I don't know about you, but I always found that, you know, a good offer should be based around solving people's pain points. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of, you know, what do you, it's, it's like when you're sitting down with a prospect, it's kind of getting that understanding of like, what do they actually want? You know, do they want accountability? Do they want to have more collaboration? You know, so it's kind of like really understanding and then articulating what they want to the offer. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, totally. In fact, here's how we break it down. The three D's. I mean, everybody take notes on this one. This is so helpful. This changed so much for me when I learned this process. Dreams, drains, doubts. What are your prospects' dreams? What are they trying to accomplish? Better health, more money, more time off, um, healing a relationship with the loved one, whatever. What are they trying to accomplish? That's their dream. And then the drain and the doubts, those are the things that are keeping them from that dream. Drains are external things. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't know how, things like that. My spouse doesn't support me in this, whatever. That's the external drains. The doubts are, are inside stuff. Like, what if I can't? What if I fail? I'm not good enough. Imposter syndrome. So-and-so is better than me in the market. I'll never be able to catch them. All that self-doubt stuff. So dreams, drains, and doubts. If you can document what your market's dreams, drains, and doubts are, that's all you're doing is helping them overcome their drains and their doubts to accomplish that dream. And you have to speak to that. Truly, they don't care 
how much you know until they know how much you care. It's so overused, but that is such a, a really good statement. So forget your PhD level of information around your expertise, your ebook, your three-part video series, all that stuff. Forget it. Who cares about your podcast, your YouTube channel, your awesome landing page? It does not matter. Forget your certifications, where you've been seen on. What matters is a prospect looks at your world and says, dang, they get me. That's that's exactly what I was waking up at 2 a.m. yesterday morning thinking about. If you get there, you're going to be able to help people. If you don't get there, you're always going to struggle. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know about you, but it's, you know, the, the element of building trust is to be able to create something which which they can relate to. Do you know what I mean? And then it feels like, oh, this person really understands me. They really get me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like there's this kind of bond which, you know, it, which is very hard to, I suppose it's not very tangible. It's very hard to kind of pinpoint exactly. But that's where the kind of chemistry, the energy and the the good stuff kind of comes about, right? Yeah. You, you know, it's um, it's kind of like <laughs> I've, I've got lots of girls in my family um, married to Jill. She's been my girlfriend for forever um since we were 17. <laughs> we got we got five kids three of them are girls there's four women running around my house all the time holy crap and i i hear the don't mansplain that to me fairly frequently right because i'm guilty <laughs> of that i'm like okay let me explain this to you they don't freaking care none of my kids do guys or girls none of them care if i know the answer to their question as their dad they just want to freaking know that i care about them and and as experts, anybody who's going to be able to sell their information, we all start with, quote unquote, mansplaining everything to our market, trying to prove mostly to ourselves that we're good enough. And inadvertently, we prove to everybody else we don't care about them, that we just care about our own voice. And we can put that down and start asking questions. What are your dreams, drains, and doubts? And just saying, oh, my gosh, I get that. How can I support you? Just that right there is is enough and more than plenty to make a connection happen. That's a powerful, I mean, that's a really powerful question, you know, and it's also very thought provoking because it gets people to think. And again, it kind of, and I'd like to use the word perspective, Chris, right? You know, it gives people a perspective. It gives people a kind of like a bit of a reality check. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, Huh, no one's ever asked me that before. That's a really smart question, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and and you know, and the more that I would I don't know about you, but I always find that when you're sitting down with prospects, the more that you answer questions and you the more that you get them to talk about themselves, they love that. Like people love to talk about themselves. Come on. If there's not one people person out there that's not allowed to talk about themselves, I'm sorry. We're having the wrong <laughs> conversation. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> That's so true. That's why we all started podcasts, right? Was so we could. That was where it started. I got stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 All right. Well, that's interesting. I love that. So it's some it's some good juicy stuff in there, guys. Um, interestingly enough, what? Okay. So okay, that that this brings me on to a really good point. What? When? If you say, for example, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put yourself myself in your shoes. If you were looking for a mastermind. And you were looking to join a mastermind for whatever reason, okay? What would make a mastermind unique to you? 
Okay. And what maybe, maybe what would make it unique to what makes masterminds unique in their own way? Like, what do you look for in terms of like the characteristics? Like, you know, is it the people? Is it the, like, what are you actually specifically looking for? Is it, or is it kind of in your head? Do you have some sort of checklist? And, and that's like, yep, that, that, that floats my boat. No, nope, that's not really me. No, nope, not really. Does that make sense? It does. And Adam, I think you're the first person who's ever asked me that specific question. I think that's so fun. So what mastermind would I join and why? What makes it worth it or stand out? That's such a great question. Because I see so much BS and so much awesomeness out there in the mastermind space. There's both sides, right? We're all grownups here. We know there's, there's 100%, good and bad. 100%. So my team and I learn in masterminds. We hire masterminds to teach us because here's the thing as humans we change five times faster in group settings than with one-on-one -on -one coaches oh my gosh yes that's true five times faster in groups than one-on-one -on -one, and we retain the knowledge like exponentially longer when we learn in a group scenario than we do one-on-one -on -one. it's the craziest thing so we join masterminds here's the reason we join masterminds there's typically a very specific problem we're trying to solve. Like we need this new skill set and we got to figure out, we don't want to outsource it. We want it right. Or there's relational long-term support that we're looking for or both. Right. So I personally like being in communities where like I'm, I'm with peers who are driven to do similar stuff as me. And we're like cracking codes together. I love that. That's a mastermind. But I'm also, me and my team, always trying to like, okay, what's the next thing we want to figure out? So we're looking for the crossover of those things. We want to be in a community of driven people like we are who are going somewhere and that have a very specific, oh, this is what we're trying to accomplish. This mastermind will definitely check those boxes for us. So we're looking for those two things together. Now, that's kind of the foundation. The next layer up, once we think, okay, we've identified, in fact, we did this about a year ago. We were looking for, to join in a mastermind for specific reasons. We narrowed it down to three for those two qualifications I just said. Then we went out and we started finding referrals into that mastermind. Because I didn't want to just look at someone's website or testimonials or whatever. I mean, I got, I got so many testimonials on our website. But honestly, folks, you go to groupcoachnation.com and look at the reviews. Yay, you. But if you don't know any of those people, how do you know you can trust me? Maybe maybe it's all hype. So we actually looked at their websites, looked at their following, and we found people that we knew. And I set up Zoom calls like, look, can I take 15 minutes of your time? I'll pay you for it, whatever you need. I want to ask really honest questions about this person's mastermind. And we we just narrowed it down from three down to one based on real people telling us this works or it doesn't, or they're really good quality people in there or not. Because when it comes to joining a mastermind, you're not joining the host. If you, if any of you like join my mastermind, I wish that you were joining it because I'm the most brilliant person in the room, but I'm honestly <laughs> not. My, my job is to put awesome people there together and you're going to change because of the group we put together not because of just me and my team telling you to do A, B, and C. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, it's interesting because when, when we have our inner circle, I always say to people, this isn't about me. This is, this is not the Adam Strong show. This is about you. This group is 
your group okay so you have to take ownership you have to take responsibility all i'm doing is curating it it's a bit like um you know if you uh if you think of a composer and how they orchestrate you know great you know great songs right you have your violinist you have your you know you have your you, you know uh your trombone and your trumpets you know you you orchestrate uh, and you bring it all together in in, in a, and, and put a little pretty bow on top of it as well. So anyway, that's just kind of like my metaphor in there. <laughs> mm, so true, yeah. I love it. <laughs> all right, that's, but that's you didn't good. mention the kazoo. I'm definitely the kazoo player in your in your orchestra. Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Why didn't I think about that? Not that I have music. a kazoo. Not that I'm an expert musician, <laughs> by the way, ladies and gents. Anyway, all all all, all aside, um, I know that you mentioned um, at the beginning the four-step methodology now i want to kind of like dive into the first step because one of the questions that i wrote down was like what are the most effective ways to sell people into a mastermind like what do you do is it would you kind of like combine that with paid ads paid ads or would you do that with organic i mean what do you feel like is the most effective way in really kind of like you know driving a particular you know uh you know particular suppose audience or, or or amount of audience that you want to drive into a particular mass on what do you find is the most effective so we currently do a hundred percent organic outreach and a hundred percent organic conversations that's that's where we are now here's why there is nothing wrong with paid traffic we have many people in our masterminds who have masterminds about how to do paid traffic they have done for you like we love that model but here's the thing paid traffic is a way to scale an offer that you have proven works. Okay. If you haven't built a proven offer, meaning you haven't sold like 20 people into your offer, you don't have enough data to go automate it yet. You need to stay organic. You can automate a lot of the organic process. You can delegate a lot of the process. It doesn't take a lot of time. Right. But you have to sell a lot. Now, we've sold way more than 20 spots in our masterminds over the years. We still are organic but here's why we're not trying to sell a thousand people next week that's not our model we teach very curated groups i don't actually want a thousand people to go through our filter and try to schedule a time to talk to us that's that's not the model if we were selling a you know 500 e-course of some sort then yeah we would be turning on the ads and flooding a bunch of people because you just need to scale so it depends on what you're selling Paid versus organic, the more relational, the, the higher end, the higher price, the more trust, the more you as an expert need to like actually screen who's getting in, the more organic the process needs to be. Nice. And that's, I think, really key to understand because people lose a lot of um, a lot of the control and the the um, intentionality when they go paid they could have had an organic for honestly less time and less money yeah some good points there love that very cool now mm -hmm. in your experience and you know with you running your own masterminds and also being part of masterminds it, i mean referrals are a great way to you know to also get introductions to mastermind how do you incentivize people that are part of the mastermind that you run potentially to help grow that group or, or is that not really a or do you think that that type of way is flawed in its way do you think or do you believe there's merit in it 
think there's merit in most ideas that float around in our entrepreneurial worlds. There, there really is merit in most ideas. It comes down to pulling out what's going to work for you or not work for you or for you or your market. Again, paid versus organic, right? There's merit in both. What's the right fit though? For us, the referral process, we do joint ventures with referral partners that are very intentionally set up. And we do referral commissions for previous mastermind members who bring other mastermind members in because we trust those people. But that's on a very select basis. We don't just tell everybody, hey, bring people and get a commission or get a discount or whatever. Because again, I feel like we have this um, really amazing dinner party with a really diverse group of people from all over the world who are very specifically targeted to do one thing that they're trying to accomplish one thing. In our group, it's build a high ticket mastermind of their own. I got two seats left. I got 15 people at the table. I got two open seats, 17 total. I'm the 18th, let's say. If, If I've got those two seats left, I don't want anybody knocking at the front door saying, can they come to the party? I want to know who they are, which means I'm going to tell very specific people in our community, hey, we have two seats left. If you know someone just like you, great, love to talk to them. If you're like, I don't know if you'd like hanging out with them, Chris, then don't even waste my time. (laughs) Because they might be awesome, but I might not be the host for the dinner party they should go to. Yeah. And that's okay. It's, It's okay. Yeah. Love that. It's, it's some good points. And I guess it also depends on the relationship that you have with the individual as well. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to have people that within a mastermind, you're going to have people that are mine kind of more, you know, they're more drawn towards you. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like, you yeah. know, you've got good energy, but then you'll get people that are kind of more distant. I guess it mm-hmm. depends on that chemistry that you have with the individual, I suppose, will also play an important role. That's a good point. It does. Uh, yeah. We just tell people get our our goal is to help you launch your first two or three masterminds when you join our program, because you're going to learn a lot in those first couple of masterminds where it's going to go from sloppy to really well-oiled machine where it's sustainable for you. And that kind of thing of, is this the right or wrong person for my kind of group, my personality, whatever you you figure a lot of that stuff out early on. We want to be very involved in that process because it's important to get that right. Yep. Love that. Some good stuff. Now. Okay. So in terms of our audience, right? Okay. Now that now, now if you guys are listening in, if you if you if you've now been convinced or Chris has brainwashed you into thinking that running a mastermind is a great idea, by the way. Okay. I want so this is my next question to Chris, okay? Is right, you guys are convinced, right? You want to run your own mastermind. Okay, Chris, what are the three most important things that these guys need to do before they even contemplate on starting their or launching their mastermind? What's the first three things they need to do immediately? Oh, dang. Great question. So yeah, here we go. Number one, you got to freaking be an expert. I don't know what you're an expert in, but I can't be your expert. Nobody else can be your expert. You might say, well, Chris, somebody else has more expertise than I have in this space. They already own the market. I don't freaking care. Like, what are you an expert in? Own your expertise. Okay. That's number one. You got to know how to do something because people want to learn from you. Cool. You probably have a done for you service or do one-on-one coaching or whatever right now already. Like that's your expertise. It's okay. It's perfect. Number two, you have to be a good communicator. If you don't like communicating, if you hate being on a Zoom call, for instance, you don't have to do everything on Zoom, but if you hate that, if you don't want to stand up in front of a small audience at a retreat or a resort, 
or you don't like being on a podcast, then you're probably not going to like leading a mastermind. If you don't like that stuff, then you're not going to like showing up for your people. All right. That too. Got to be a good communicator. You don't have to be a perfect salesperson. You don't have to be an extrovert. I'm an introvert and I'm not a good salesperson. That's, that's who I am, but it doesn't require those things. Okay. Number three, this is the most important one. You can actually learn to be a good communicator and learn expertise. It's hard to learn this one. You got to be a natural giver. If you're not a natural giver, you will collapse. Now, there's no right or wrong with this natural giver thing. I have my next door neighbor, for instance, uh, he loves like highly detailed coding. All right. Like as in computer coding, ah, four okay. screens. He's the guy you'd see sitting around a basement with four screens and a hoodie on. That's his zone. And he's freaking brilliant and making a fortune off of it. But he doesn't want to lead a mastermind because he wants to look at a screen. If you're a natural giver, though, and it like invigorates you to see the light bulb come on in people's minds and teach them and help them, then you'll like this. And if you don't like that kind of stuff, don't don't even try. It'll just burn you out. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good point, actually. And I, I think you've, you know, you've really nailed down, I think, those three things. But I don't know, when people, when I think of the word own your expertise, right, everyone believes that they're an expert in the right. And we are right. We, we all are experts in our own right, I suppose. But I suppose there's a there's a difference, ladies and gents, between competence and confidence, right? And you've got to make sure that you're both. I just want to make sure, I just want to point that out, right? You make sure that you're both. Because if you're not competent, Things are going to come and bite you on the ass. I just want to say we'll that. Catch up. Yeah. yeah, we'll catch up. One hundred percent, we'll catch up. All right, that's a good point. Now, I wanted to also ask for the people that have their own masterminds, and maybe they, you know, maybe they got a bit stuck. You know, they got a bit stuck with regards to um, trying to scale it, right? So they, they they kind of like maybe hit a bit of a ceiling or whatever. And you've seen this before, right, Chris? Um, they've hit yeah. a bit of a ceiling. What are if you say, for example? You know, they invite someone like you in and they say, right, I'm stuck. And uh, what are you looking for as part of the model? You know, so in terms of like, okay, this is what you need to fix, right? Because if you don't fix this, then there's no way you're going to get to like to this position here. Does that make sense? It does. You know, believe it or not, it's backwards for most people. Most people start with an e-course or a book or some sort of low level information sharing, low cost, low ticket. And they've created that in a vacuum. And they've built this e-course over the weekend because they took a course on building e-courses or wrote a book on self-published it. And it's just not getting the traction they want. Got and it. so they've turned that into some sort of curriculum. And, oh, they're going to have a mastermind. <laughs> but it's the same thing. They're just charging more for the same thing. It's not resonating. We always have to go back to what is the market's dreams, drains, and doubts. Your marketing, your offer, your selling, and your delivery only matters if it's connected to your market streams, drains, and doubts. And until you know that, nothing will work. I love that. Last question, because I know I'm conscious of time. Do you need to have, and, and I want to kind of put this to bed because I know that some people are going to have this at the back of my, their mind. They're thinking about launching their mastermind for whatever reason, right? I've got to have a website. I've got to have a brochure. I've got to have a landing page, whatever it is. Okay, Chris? What things do you, are there, are there, is there a must from your perspective that you need to have apart from obviously our own communication and our own, our own ways to communicate, speak in English normally, um, as would you agree that you don't really ne necessarily need a landing page, a website or anything like that 
What, what's your thoughts on that? We didn't have a website or a landing page or anything like that until our seventh mastermind. Wow. Multiple years in, seven masterminds later, tons of profit coming through. It's not needed. It's a distraction and it keeps you from figuring out, you guessed it, your dreams, strains, and doubts of your offer or your audience, figuring out what's going to help them and just offering it to people. People hardly ever ask me or my sales team on a call, hey, can I take a look at your website? Can I have that <laughs> list of things? Can you send me? They want to know, do you get me? And can you get me where I want to go? If the answer is yes, and the trust is there, they make a decision. And you can do the same thing. Love it. Well, listen, um, guys, I hope that you've been enjoying our conversations because Chris has been, he, he dropped a lot of value bombs from today's episode. I hope you've been no making notes. I certainly have been. Um, um, Chris, just before you go, what are you working on? What, how can people get into contact with you? Is is it through the LinkedIn and social media? What's what's the best way that, and what, what are you working on right now? Yeah, LinkedIn is awesome. Chris Williams HQ is our handle on all social medias, but Chris Williams HQ, or just go to our website, yep. groupcoachnation.com. Just Google groupcoachnation.com or Chris Williams, you'll find me. Awesome. So guys, if you want to contact Chris, which I highly recommend, if you want to start up a mastermind, you're still a little bit stuck after our conversation. I don't know how that's possible, but hey-ho. Um, then please do me a favor. If you have any further questions, do reach out to Chris on, uh, we'll put all Chris's social media links below. And so feel free to mention this podcast, of course. Um, Chris, I just want to say you've been a great guest. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Adam, thank you so much. Hey, everybody, like for real, go subscribe and leave Adam a review. That stuff, those reviews make such a huge difference on helping other people like Google and find real information. Adam's putting out the real deal, no crap. So like review and subscribe, it totally helps the algorithm. You know what? That kind of like, tell that that you know, that's coming from somebody else. It's not coming from me. So I just want to like, you know, just want to point that out to you, ladies and gents, by the way. It saves me from saying it. Anyway, listen, I hope that you enjoyed today's show. I thoroughly have. Uh, please do me a, do me a favor. Uh, do what Chris has said. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you again on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Cheers.